0: Merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. On October 6th, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln issued his Thanksgiving proclamation. This proclamation officially made Thanksgiving a national holiday with the intent to give a day of thanksgiving and prayer during the height of the Civil War. Curiously, this was the same year Henry Ford was born, roughly two and a half months earlier. These two events would end up being linked together years down the road, and it all revolved around football. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you to come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. So, this time as we step up for DeLorean, the date is November 6th, 1869. This happens to be the day of the first ever American football game, which occurred between Rutgers and Princeton. Now, Sure, it did not look anything like it does today. It's a little more rugby-ish, soccer-ish, combined and that kind of thing. But it was the first step towards what would end up becoming America's true favorite sport. Now, a mere weeks later, the first ever American football game was played on Thanksgiving Day, which was possibly the third ever American football game. But this wasn't a major game and really not a lot of publicity or anything. It just was a game between young American cricket club and Germantown Cricket Club. But then we're going to jump a little bit to 1876, a game between Yale and Princeton. This started a Thanksgiving rivalry and was really the first college football game on Thanksgiving. That was more of a legitimate style of game, and it was the beginning of a holiday tradition unlike many others. And of course, beyond the rest of the century, college, high school games, they would purposely schedule games on Thanksgiving. Because it was this new tradition of watching football with the family. Now think about it. Many people had the day off, and it was sometimes easier to bring the locals to the stadium on Thanksgiving than it was, you know, during the, the middle of the week or even the weekend for that matter, many other times, because it was a known specific day that everyone was gonna have time off for. And speaking of Thanksgiving football traditions, sure, we play in the backyard, you know, having the interfamily games and the rivalries in the backyard and that kind of thing. But we think about watching football on Thanksgiving Day, we typically are going to go towards the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. But it wasn't always those two teams that would play on Thanksgiving. You see, back in 1920, which was the first season of the NFL, mind you, back then it was considered to be the American Professional Football Association, they already started to have this tradition of Thanksgiving football games being played. But it wasn't necessarily just like I said, these two teams and then whoever they played against. The APFA purposely scheduled games on Thanksgiving Day because it was part of their normal schedule. Kind of referring to the previous statement where you had to get fans to the stands to be able to make the money, make that cheddar. It wasn't like they could get the radio or the TV rights and the commercials and such and make money from all the other things. It was pretty much gate tickets, concessions, and all those kinds of things. But the whole deal was, you gotta get the fans to the stands. So, the Thanksgiving tradition and the NFL lived on. And speaking of living on with a tradition, it started pretty quickly with some of the more memorable games played on Thanksgiving Day. The first one I want to talk about, Red Grange. You know, we talked about this cat. He made his debut in the NFL, mind you 10 days after his last college game, but he played his first game in the NFL on Thanksgiving Day in 1925 in front of 36,000 raving fans. Now, this started to put the NFL on the map. These 36,000 fans filled Cubs Park, which is now known as Wrigley Field. And another famous game that happened in Chicago, Ernie Nevers. On Thanksgiving Day, back in 1929, he scored 40 points. We talked about him recently. He had the oldest, which still is the oldest record in the NFL. Then in 1945, Jim Benton of the Cleveland Rams had 303 receiving yards. This is the first time in NFL history to have over 300 yards receiving in one game. And it happened on, you got it, Thanksgiving Day. And those are some pretty impressive individual performances in there. But well, speaking of individual performances, do you know that you can play Turkey Day special tournaments on DraftKings? To do so, why don't you head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com slash DraftKings, where you can sign up for a free tournament today. Again, to sign up for your free tournament, especially on Turkey Day Specials, head over to thefootballhistorydude.com slash DraftKings. But moving forward, it's kind of cool to see individual uh, impressive games and fun stats, especially if you're playing uh, fantasy football. But that's not what we came here for. We wanted to figure out why do the Detroit Lions and Dallas Cowboys play every single year on Thanksgiving? How come no one else ever has a home game? Well, up until recently. Well, it all started back in 1934. You see, this was a pivotal moment in NFL history, and Thanksgiving history for that matter. Now, as we discussed in a previous episode, George Richards purchased the Portsmouth Spartans and moved them to Detroit. So 1934, this is the first year that the Detroit Lions were actually the Detroit Lions and not the Portsmouth Spartans. Detroit had a successful team that year, but competing with the Detroit Tigers at the time, especially when the Major League Baseball fans were just way more dedicated than the football fans, George Richards had to come up with something. He had to devise a plan to get the NFL fans in Detroit to his stadium, as opposed to just always going to see the baseball games. But what would you do? You have no idea. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to create this crazy game on Thanksgiving Day. Yep. We're going to have a game in Detroit City on Thanksgiving Day, but I'm not going to stop there. He had an idea, and he was in a unique position. You see, he was a local radio executive, so he had a plan that was going to turn the table on Thanksgiving. This plan was to partner with NBC to set up a 94-station network to become the very first NFL game that was nationally broadcast on the radio. He had the famous team of Graham McNamee and Don Wilson calling the action. Again, he took advantage of people having the time off. Think about it cooking in their kitchen, listening to the first nationally broadcast football game ever. But people weren't even just listening on the game. They were going to this game. The sold out stadium of Detroit City of 26,000 fans. They estimated another 25,000 would have been able to go to the game if there was enough room. They had to turn away 25,000 other fans essentially. So bringing this up to this game, Thanksgiving Day, 1934. The world champion Chicago Bears would come into town against the Detroit Lions. Now, this was the second to last game of the season. The Bears at the time, they were undefeated. The Lions, they only had one loss. So this was a huge game. Not just because it was on Thanksgiving Day. Regardless of the day of the year, this was a pivotal game that would decide the outcome of the division. So yeah, we're talking some big stuff here. But was even more... Crazy? On that field that day, there was an incredible amount of Hall of Famers. Now, I don't know if they all played, because they could have been hurt, but on the seasonal roster at least for the Detroit Lions, we had Earl Dutch Clark. And for the Bears, they had quite a few Hall of Famers. Let's go down the list Bill Hewitt, Bronco Nagurski, George Musso, George Hallis, Red Grange, Walt Keesling, and William Roy Lyman that's eight future Hall of Famers on the field at the same time. Now, like I said, not guaranteed that they actually all played, but still, the Hall of Fame site confirmed that they played on the teams in 1934. And we're talking four of these men were in the inaugural class of 1963, so this is a monster game. But, I mean, we're talking seven Hall of Famers against one Hall of Famer, so the Bears would beat the Lions 19-6. to And then in the next game, they would end up becoming the NFL's first undefeated team. But we all know what happened in the championship game. That's the sneaker game where they would end up losing at Polo Grounds to the New York Giants. All because a little bit of issue with the footwear. And although the Lions lost their first Thanksgiving game, Richard saw the benefit of having a game on Thanksgiving. So he's going to try it again the next season in 1935. This time, they would defeat the Bears 14-12 in a key game towards their first NFL championship. So he decided... This was going to be a new tradition. Now, they only missed from 1939 to 1944, which some of it had to do with uh, the Depression, World War II, and that kind of thing. But they got back right on the horse in 1945 and have been playing games on Thanksgiving Day ever since. So now we flash forward to 1966. We're going to hop on our DeLorean. We're heading to Dallas, Texas. Because the NFL, at the time, they wanted a second game to be played on Thanksgiving Day. The Cowboys... They were having some uh, difficult times getting some uh, fans coming to the stadium. So Tex Schramm, the Cowboys GM at the time, he agreed they were going to do the same thing. But he wanted one stipulation. He said, if my Cowboys are going to play on Thanksgiving Day, then the boys must have an annual game just like the Lions. And like I said, like the Lions back in 1934, struggling to get fans to the stands, they wanted to try this new thing, but they weren't quite sure it was going to work. But work, it did. The fans flocked to the stadium, to the Cotton Bowl, where they filled over 80,000 seats to watch the Cowboys on their first Thanksgiving Day game defeat the Cleveland Browns 26-14. And they've played ever since. I mean, they only missed 1975 and 1977. And from what it sounds like, it was because the NFL wanted to help the struggling Cardinal franchise. I mean, the Cowboys at the time, you know, this is, they needed no help at this time, you know, winning Super Bowls and such. But overall, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day have a better record than the Lions do. A little over 60% success rate and the Lions are a little bit, you know, sub 50% success rate. But then in 2006, the NFL added a third game with rotating teams. It was said that the late owner of the Kansas City Chiefs lobbied for years to have the game, so he was finally rewarded. This game, the Chiefs would defeat the Broncos 19-10. to And there's an NFL Top 10 Thanksgiving Moments video from 2015 via the NFL Network that I'm going to include over at the show notes for you so you can watch it yourself. But by the way, you can get to the show notes right through your podcast player or you can head to thefootballhistorydude.com. And where you're at it, let's make sure you subscribe for free to this show by mashing that little subscribe button on your podcast player of choice. That way you get the freshest, hottest out-the-press episodes each and every week. Even though it's not going to be as cool because it's not visual, let's go down these top 10 moments of NFL Thanksgiving history. The first one is kind of like a 10A, 10B type deal. Clint Longley, backup QB, came in for Roger Staubach from a come-behind victory with two touchdowns back in 1974. Then 20 years later, Jason Garrett did the same thing, coming in for Troy Aikman back in 1994. So the number 9 moment, top Thanksgiving in history, 1982. Lawrence Taylor, against the Detroit Lions. He ran back a 97-yard interception for a touchdown. And Willie McGinnis said that he was supposed to rush on the play, as in go after the quarterback. But for some reason, he made the decision to drop back. And I'd say that it worked out. Coming in at number eight, the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. Now we all know this. He fumbled the ball. He ran into his own lineman, dropped the ball, and the Patriots running in for a touchdown. Let's move on to number seven, 2004. Peyton Manning tosses for six touchdowns against the Detroit Lions. If I remember correct, I I think it was like almost all in the first half, because as a Lions fan, yeah, I wasn't too happy about this one. Number six comes from 2013. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Jacoby Jones was taking a kickoff return for a touchdown, and Mike Tomlin steps on the field to kind of get in his way a little bit. So a little bit of a shady move, but hey, got to do what you got to do sometimes. 1997 is where number five comes in. Barry Sanders goes for 163 rushing yards and three touchdowns versus the Bears. Number four, this is a pretty big one. OJ Simpson in 1976 goes for 273 rushing yards and two touchdowns versus the Lions. At the time, an NFL record for the most rushing yards in the game. However, they would end up losing that game. Now you tell me, how do you have a player on your team rush for 273 yards the most at the time for two touchdowns and you still lose? Speaking of big games beyond that though, number three in 1998, Randy Moss as a rookie, he drops three touchdowns on the Cowboys, you know baby freak at the time, but he would turn into just freak later on. What was more impressive, he had three receptions for 163 yards, so that's over a 50 yards a catch. Now the next one is not statistical, but let's just say it was very memorable in 1998, Jerome Bettis. You remember this? The coin toss incident in overtime? Bettis calls tails. The ref hears heads. It's like, what? What's going on here? Thanksgiving miracle or not miracle, but a Thanksgiving uh, controversy or something like that. Or I don't know. But moving forward to the number one most memorable Thanksgiving moment of all time. 1993. This is in the snow. Dallas Cowboys, Leon Lett. He tries to cover that block punt. Totally miss it. And then, of course, you know, (laughs) that would lose him the game. So. Very stupid play from a very good player, all pro, all world, you know, that kind of guy. But there were some other ones that were um, very memorable, but not included in that particular video. In 1980, the Bears would enter the fourth quarter against the Detroit Lions with a 17-3 to deficit. Now, this wasn't looking good for the Bears at the time. The Bears would end up taking the Lions in that game, like I said, down 14 points. They would take the Lions to the first Thanksgiving overtime game ever. Then on the ensuing kickoff, Bears kick returner, Dave Williams, would take that baby to the house for 95 yards. I mean, that's like a walk-off grand slam after being down six or something in the 10th, not even the ninth inning. Now, another crazy moment that happened, uh, something that wasn't too high on my list, but 2012, Justin set. I mean, his elbow was clearly down, but he kept running, and then it would become a touchdown. It was a real touchdown on the field. Jim Schwartz throws the challenge flag. For some reason, I don't know what the deal there, but the rule is that because he threw the flag, the play could not be reviewed. But with all these various memorable moments, I'd have to say that probably the most memorable moment, coming back to full circle individual, is the famous tradition started by John Madden, where he would give a turkey leg award for the MVP. I mean, who could forget the turducken? They had the all iron award, the pudding pie, galloping galloper, I don't know, all sorts of other things. But nothing compares to the best tradition of all, giving that great player the turkey leg award for being the MVP of the game. Now, I'm not sure who's going to get the turkey leg award this year, but with that being said, tomorrow we have some awesome games lined up. First, the Chicago Bears head into Detroit to take on the Lions, just like back in 1934 then the Washington Redskins head south to challenge the Dallas Cowboys. Finally, we end with the potential scoreboard buster of a shootout between the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. Who knows, maybe this game will break the all-time record points scored in one game, which occurred on November 27, 1966, between the Washington Redskins and New York Giants, with combined points scored of 113. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Football History Dude and we're able to gain some knowledge nuggets about a brief history of the NFL on Thanksgiving Day. In the upcoming episode, we're going to talk about the beginnings of the longest-running franchise in the NFL, and I think it might surprise you to find out which one it is. But for now, dudes, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and head on over to the FootballHistoryDude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes,
1: where we're going,
0: we don't need roads.
1: Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network.